What is up, Smarks, Marks, and 9to5Jobbers? My name is Kevin. This is Mike. This is Andrew. Nate Dog in the house. You are listening to the Five Wise Marks. Your t-shirts are too tight too, Kevin. There's not even five of us here. Welcome to the Five Wise Marks Podcast. Three. Sorry. But there's three divided by five, so this is going to be a 60% quality show, pals. Um, and sacrifice. Though it's not really Maynard's fault he's not here. We rescheduled because of Nate and I, and we just cut him out. A bunch of j Browns got to work around them. Yeah. I tried setting out a Turner trap with beer underneath a... Uh, you know, with Ooh, beer, beer, beer box. Looks like James Woods on Family Guy. Ooh, can of beer. Yeah. Ooh, can of beer. Didn't quite work. You laid out some Backstreet Boys CDs, did you? See, that would have caught the beauty team at Target. That would have yeah. caught that. that. We don't want that. If it was, in, if it was in sync, <laughs> if it was in JT, Yo, that would have caught me, pal. Let's actually cut this, because this is so bad. <laughs> Nonsense. Keep going. We're live, okay. pal. We're live. <laughs> We're live, pal. Um, so we have a, a, a mediocre so show for you today. Say what we, got <laughs> we have a mediocre show for you guys today. If you couldn't um, tell. Yeah. Anything out of the ordinary there, though? We, no. We've got a top five. Top five. <laughs> our personal minus five-star matches. We'll, we'll explain what our criteria is for that once we get there, but it's going to be interesting. Um, before that, though, we kind of wanted to kick around this idea we've been thinking out since um, NXT TakeOver and AEW's uh, Double or Nothing. Okay, there seems to be this break in wrestling fandom, whereas there are fans that want sort of an old-school presentation of telling the story, and then there's other more tend-to-be-younger modern fans that want impressive, high spots, things that I haven't seen before, but kind of lacks on the storytelling. Well, let's go. Kick it off, pals. Well, a lot of people, their eyes got caught to the wrestling with not not necessarily storytelling, but it was the action of like the Attitude Era, the shocking moments. These days, you can't really do that, but you got you do have to have both sets of eyes. You need to have both products. You got to have a well balanced, you know, a palette for everybody. Not every match is going to be like a five-star mat, 35-minute classic. Nor not, should they be. No. Right. Not every match should be eight minutes of uh, like Rey Mysterio and Jushin Thunder Liger. Not every match is going to be you know, a hardcore grudge match. you got to have that mix, but sometimes that mix is out of whack. And, and I would bucks. say that here's the, here's the thing, though, because when you get to a, a, a... Not all, but a lot of the cruiserweight matches... You know, say 96, 97, 98, they did have a lot of high spots because they tended to be shorter matches. But the thing is, for the most part, those guys would still sell. Their moves didn't look like they required cooperation from their opponent in order to perform. So, as far as it did still tell some sort of story. You know, Dean Malenko and Rey Mysterio told a story. You know, it told the story of the arrogant champion that's beaten everybody, Dean Malenko who gets caught slipping by somebody who's just a hair quicker than he thought he was at every spot throughout the match. That was the story of that match. But you watch a Young Bucks match, I don't see a story being told. I see gymnastics in a wrestling ring. Not saying they're not athletic. Oh, they're very athletic. That's yeah. not a, a the, that's not disputed. I don't think anybody disputes that. Um, Do you guys think having a mix of the wrestlers having like two and a half star matches and then five star matches gets more people over? Yes. You can't just Instead have... Instead five-star after five-star? Yeah. Because I'm sorry, if I if I continue to see five... Don't get me wrong, five-stars are absolutely great. But for for this instance, I'll go with the Young Bucks. They're great, to a sense. If I continue, if, if I just see five-star after five-star after five-star after five-star at the same spots, I'm going to get tired of them real quick. But in this, also, we have to differentiate between is this a Meltzer five-star or is this a match a, that like I a, personally... A personal five-star. Yeah. Hell, both. Yeah. I, I don't really think it even matters. Because uh, 
Like, I watch some of these matches that Meltzer puts over his five stars, and that's not a five-star match to me, which we went into last week. But, like, I'll use this as an example. So we had TakeOver. We had two matches that got a lot of talk in this past couple weeks. Of One, Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole was a Dave Meltzer five-and-a-half-star match or something insane. It was more than five stars. And then you had... Um, Roderick Strong versus Matt Riddle, which was, it was like a four or something by Meltzer's ratings. But here's the thing. When I watched Johnny Cole, or Johnny Cole, Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole, it was fine, and I like both those two guys, but that match did not tell a story. There was way too much no-selling. Like, big move, pop up, big move, pop up, big move. Like, nothing actually, they never took time to sell. And that's why I think New Japan's a little overrated because that's New that way that's that New Japan strong style. And yeah. for like fifteen years, that has always angered me. Yeah, I, if you're gonna do it, maybe main event of WrestleMania. Yeah, or main event of Wrestle Kingdom if you're New Japan. Yeah, main or, event of your biggest show. Yeah, that's it. But if you get hit with like seventeen Rainmakers or something, yeah. and you're still kicking out, that just makes the guys move look like crap. Yeah, and then you pin them with a another Small one. Package. Yeah. Yeah, or yeah. Yeah, but then, like, you, 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 I would contrast that match with um, Strong and Riddle, who I wasn't a huge Riddle fan going into this, but he actually kind of won me over with this match. Riddle sold like crazy, and they kept telling the same story. Early on in the match, they're fighting on the, the ring apron, and Roddy Strong grabs him, and instead of doing a backbreaker, he does the backbreaker motion, but drops his spine right on the ring apron. The hardest part of the match. So <laughs> the whole match, Riddle is selling core injuries. Every time he tries to pick up uh, Roderick Strong into like a fireman position, or any time he picks up, he's selling his back and he can't quite do it. He can't quite do it. Or if he does do it, it takes so much out of his body that he can't capitalize on it to get the pin. And that's the whole match. They're telling the story. That's how it should be, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm watching this like enthralled. Like, how is this going to turn out? You know, the, um, and Roderick Strong, king of the backbreaker, keeps working the back, working the back, working the back. That was a great match, in my opinion, because. The babyface sold something, the heel ruthlessly exploited it, and that was the story of that match. To me, that's a great match. Cole Gargano was, had some cool moves. It wasn't a great match, in my opinion. And I really liked their first uh, match um, at the past takeover um, with WrestleMania. That was a really good match. This one, I was not a fan of. Yeah, and it's because that's the indie thing. Because everybody sees the indies, they see the six thirty splash and do an RKO for a one and a half count and to a dosi do hokey pokey. I also think it's kind of a cheap way to get a pop. It's almost like having if you had a a, a, a f- promo that was nothing but cheap pops, it wouldn't be a great promo. No, but it would keep it would get a reaction for each cheap pop, but it wouldn't be a great promo. So. I think a lot of these high spots are just the wrestling equivalent to a cheap pop. You know, you keep stringing together, you know, high spot, high spot, high spot, high spot. That's not a great coherent promo or match. Just like cheap pop, cheap pop, cheap pop wouldn't be a great coherent promo. Because you'd be putting over like, hey, we're in Houston, Texas. Cheap pop. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the Astros. Cheap yeah. pop. I'm wearing favorite... a James Harden jersey. Yeah. My favorite baseball player is Justin Verlander. You know, like that... The, the home crowd would probably be like, oh, that's really cool, but it's not a great promo. And then the other thing with this is I think they do that because in order to really tell a great story, you have to have the fans invested in you, and you have to be able to do it in a way that the fans understand it, but it's not so obvious that it, it feels insulting. I think it's harder to tell a story. Yeah. I think it's harder to get the fans to understand what that story is, especially if your commentators aren't great. If you have great commentators, that can kind of patch over some of that because they can kind of paint that picture for the fans. Um, but in the indies, a lot of times your commentators, if, if you even have any, are not good. So it's a lot easier to just go high spot, high spot, high spot. I'm going to get so many clicks on YouTube. Everybody's going to yeah. share my high spot on Twitter. I think that's yeah. the easy way out. It's a... Uh... It's an attention span thing. Yeah. A, a top rope dive is going to get more of your attention than six minutes of working the arm. Yeah. And you can share that in a 10 second clip on Twitter and people can click on it. Which is fine if you're in a random indie. But now that, say, 
I'm going to use the uh, Young Bucks. Now that you are in a promotion that is your home promotion, that you are supposed to be like the cornerstone of, you're the executive vice president, okay, now you need to tell stories. You need to tone down the high spots, and you need to actually get some people over. I... I don't, I don't, that's not going to happen because I've, it's not going to happen, but it should. One thing I don't know if you guys really notice as much as I do. Do you guys notice how much nowadays promos, at least in the WWE, referring to them, is just about putting whoever is talking over and has little to no regard to the storyline that they're in? Am I the only one that notices that? Happens all the time. Okay. It's just, I'm going to do my shtick rather than I'm going to advance my rivalry with Snape, you right. know, instead of me, you know, continuing what we're doing, it's just, I'm this, I'm that, I'm the A-lister, I'm right. the so-and-so, you know. It's just kind of, it's, it almost like tires me out and just it makes me bored because I'm just like, okay, here comes so-and-so to put himself over and not talk about anything about his opponent or, you know, bury his opponent. Well, I say bury loosely because it's just the term I'm thinking of, but I don't. I don't see it progress in a storyline, and that's why I'm just like, that's why nobody gets invested. Yeah. And people who come out there and they, they trash their opponent for five seconds, and then they go on to themselves, I'm, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this. Well, what if they had it? Well, maybe you can't wrestle. Or oh, oh, trash, wait a minute. No. Like, it's like, yeah. hey, you know what? You might have got one over on me last week, but yeah. if you buy this pay-per-view, Milwaukee, Wisconsin... You and me, one on one. I know they never sell the it. match. Very they, rarely they, yeah. they sell the match. Anymore. Honestly, they don't. And I, I, the the crazy yeah. thing is, I think the the match we talked about last week is actually a good example of this. Um, you had Undertaker and Goldberg come out and do their promo, their respective promos on Raw and SmackDown. That did more to sell that match than just about anybody has done in a promo all year. Honestly, really. And that's that's what I appreciate about the about the old school deal because we one, we don't see that a lot. Yeah. And two, I mean, it's it's almost necessity to talk about yourself within a promo, but just not too much. Yeah. Because it's not well, okay, depending on your gimmick, if you're like a narcissist or you're a you're somebody who praises himself, it makes sense for the gimmick, but it still doesn't do anything for the storyline unless you're going up against another narcissistic person. Well, and then the thing is, you'll see some of these people, generally heels in WWE, will will bury their opponent, literally bury their yeah. opponent, but they do it in a way where the babyface never gets a comeback. Bailey. Right. So, Bailey. Bailey Alexa Bliss is probably the perfect... That's the one that popped right in my head. Which terrifies me for what's going to happen going yeah. forward with this feud, because... I feel like Bailey's getting set up to probably just get beat again, and then because here's the thing, right now, Sasha Banks is a member of the Raw roster. Do you absolutely want to get her back as Vince McMahon? How do you do that? You move Alexa Bliss to SmackDown. How do you move Alexa Bliss to SmackDown other than just doing it because you're Vince McMahon and the brands don't matter anymore? You have her win the SmackDown title. What's she challenging for at Stomping Grounds? SmackDown title. You know what's going to happen? She'll still be on Raw. Oh, no, and then she'll show up on Raw every Wild week. Wild card, because, Yeah. Yeah, it'll be week, second week Sasha's back. Hey, by the way, you and Bailey are going to face Alexa Bliss in a handicap match, and you're both going to lose. Via double schoolgirl at no, the same time. They're both going to eat that weak DDT she throws and get pinned. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I feel like we've kind of... Uh, Gone in circles here on this this argument. We had no psychology in that. No, but here's the thing: we're also not uh, professional wrestlers who are getting paid a lot of money to do this. You yeah, know? we're only about thirteen and a half minutes in, so we're we're good. Yeah, so we're thanks, good, thanks for the time cue, pal. Well, th- this is what I'll say. Um, I really think this has gotten the way it has because of Dave Meltzer. Yeah, so many of these guys that are now wrestlers. Grew up reading Wrestling Observer, mm-hmm. following the the star ratings, and yeah, they wanted Meltzer, to have a five star match. Alvarez, all the yeah, all the pundits. But when it comes to match rating, it really Meltzer. Yeah. Like they they want that five star match, and they would watch Shawn Michaels and see, oh, he has five star matches because he does cool moves. No, he didn't have five star matches because he had cool. Maybe maybe in Meltzer's mind, that's why he had five star matches. But the reason those matches were so great is because. Shawn Michaels could tell a story. Shawn yep. Michaels could sell. Shawn yep. Michaels could wrestle with anybody. Shawn Michaels could make you believe. 
Yes. And that is, that. you know what? You, you caught on the heart of the matter right there. I want, in my wrestling match, to forget that I'm watching professional wrestling and get sucked away in the story. Just like the way I get sucked away into a movie, I don't go to a movie and go, oh, you know, Lord of the Rings, there aren't really orcs and hobbits. Like, that. that's not real. I don't watch it. I get taken away by the story and I just follow the story. It's like the Avengers movies. Sure, that's a more modern reference for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> for the ones that are watching this being like, let's Lord of the Rings, the is that the new Sonic game? I know I'm making a 16-year-old movie reference here. And he's like, yeah, what about the one that came out three weeks ago, pal? Lord of the Rings, is that a Sonic game? But yeah, that's actually a good, that's a good comparison. You know, you don't go to this movie thinking, you know, oh, well, you know, Thor and Captain America, they're not real. They're, they're not superpowers. Those things don't exist. They're not John they, Cena. Yeah, they get sucked. Yeah, they're not, they can't, yeah, they're not, <laughs> they're not Roman Reigns. John Cena. Um... <laughs> They just get sucked away by the story and the, the the storytelling. And yes, there are high spots in movies, just as there can be high spots in wrestling if they're done right. But here's the thing. You watch one of those movies that are really well regarded. It's not just action scene, action scene, action scene, action scene, action, boom, 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 high spot. Plot. It's, there's, there's plot in between the major right. high spots. The high spots are allowed to stew so they can There's something to meaning. listen to. Yeah. There's, you're building the anticipation. And those, you're not just... Yeah, and those spots have meaning. You're not just... Blowing it off in three minutes. Yeah. That's why I call them indie jack-off matches. Because it's it's like jacking off. They just pound, 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 go. Sounds like a two, two people I always hate. Jack Evans and Teddy Hart. Yeah. And, and you know, I, 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 Jack Evans could be very good. Because Jack Evans can take hell of bumps. And he, sells, yeah. and he, can, and he can sell well when he, he gets with the right opponent. The problem is, nine times out of ten, it's just... Hey, we want you to do a 630 splash off a cage through a table onto some guy. For a two count. For a two count, yeah. You know, and that, he, he, could, he should have spent more time hanging around Alex Shelley than hanging around uh, Teddy Hart. Yeah. Might have learned how to sell. Yeah. But, yeah, that I, I think we've kind of gone over we can go with that unless anybody has anything else they want to bring up before we go into... Uh, I added my two cents, Nate. All right. Top five. Our personal list. Of minus five star matches, I would like each of us to kind of give what our criteria for that is because I think mine's a little different than you guys. So go ahead, Nate. Like, what what was like when you're picking a match? Why? How did you pick it? What was your thought process? I think it's just kind of a uh, why did you book this? Why are these people wrestling? Why is this just straight up cringe? And I don't want to spoil a lot okay, of my. Okay, that's fine. I don't want to spoil a lot of my stuff because a lot of it has got kind of the same. So it was it never the same gonna, person involved, but it was a yeah. backstage. So involvement. a lot of it, it couldn't, could never have worked. No. Okay. For my criteria, I did why was this booked at the time it was, and why was this match played out the way it was played out. Okay. Mine's actually almost completely different. I wanted to go for matches that on paper should have been somewhere between good and fine, but fell apart for reasons that weren't like, I'm not going to pick something that, so like, say, maybe this is on one of your guys' list, but say the Jenna Maraska match in TNA. That match was never going to be good. There's zero chance it was ever going to be good because you had a celebrity who couldn't wrestle in it. And a lot of mine feature people who are either really good wrestlers or at least recognizable name wrestlers and they didn't work because of just silliness stupid crap in the match and i feel like most of these either had a negative impact on the wrestling business or could potentially have a negative impact on the promotion that put it on and all five of these matches by the way are different promotions don't want to pick on anybody here um do, do you want to kick off the list, Nate? Yeah. Well, first, I sent a message to Turner and Maynard to see if they had a minus five. No. But So, Maynard is my one through five. Okay. He's, he's a negative five-star classic. But we'll kick off the he list. He is a minus five-star. So, Kenny Omega is <laughs> the best bout machine. Is he the worst bout machine? <laughs> yes. Okay. We'll kick this off with a little uh, TNA action. Oh, boy. Blindfold, Harrison Storm. Oh, yeah. I remember that match. Yeah. It was just the blindfold. It kept falling off, so you know you had to stop the match, put it on. The string's not even in, and it's in the side of a cage. Yeah. Why? That was at lockdown, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know it's 
it made it, it made sense with the story with the the blinding with the beer bottle. Yeah. Here's the worst part. Worst part. The next month, that Texas Death Match was beautiful. Well, both those guys could work. Yeah. So I mean, it could have been a potentially good match, yeah. but the storyline made sense. But it just fell and, apart. And, and the thing is, this is one of those old school Tennessee things. You know, they used to have the blindfold battle royals in Memphis, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's just a stupid gimmick. But yeah, that's something it, that it made sense. Yeah. Which is the worst part, but they just failed miserably. I will say, as much as I like him, that may have been a Dutch thing rather than a. Uh, have... Just because it's a ten, if that's a Tennessee, the yeah. blindfold thing is definitely Tennessee. Which so the yeah, Dutch or Jeff was involved. Oh in yeah, that Jeff one. Jarrett. Yeah, I don't know why I forgot about him with TNA, but I mean it's only his company essentially until yeah. he sold it off for some Jarrett gold. Yeah, <laughs> got to invest in that Jarrett gold. One nine hundred nine nine hundred. One nine hundred nine zero nine ninety nine hundred. There you go. Thank you. Kids, use your parents' credit card to buy some Jarrett gold. Yes. <laughs> All right. For my number five, I have the man, the myth, the legend, the mathematician, Scott Steiner versus Triple H. We're I'm offended. Old. Rumble. How dare you? Uh, insult the base god Scott Steiner. <laughs> <laughs> you spelled Triple H. That equals disaster for you at sacrifice. Right. The belly to belly deal. We could you say that you expected better out of Scott Steiner during that time in 03? I feel like if this match were half as long, it would have been twice as good. That is a very solid. Point. I feel as though because Steiner came back what in November, so he had basically two months to get ready. So he was not in ring shape. So you can put a little bit of that on the Fed if you would have saved it like a few months, so we can you know have him squash some jobbers. But he for wasn't a four fat months. ass. Yeah, he was he was all beefed up. Well, yeah. that's well the his, thing. his, his lung, he had the tiny lungs that I keep seeing on those commercials. Those oh. were a representation of Scott Steiner. Steinerism. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it was it was a slow paced match. Um, what it needed to be. I actually liked that feud. Like their, yeah, it their was a good feud. Good. It was the, the, the pose down stuff. That was fun. Yep, that was or good. The bench like, press challenge or whatever yeah. it was. It was fun stuff because they're two big beefcakes. Yeah, they're no. two legitimately big dudes that you could pull that off. Yeah, that was. I actually really liked the feud. I thought the promos going back and forth were really good. Um, I. I'm always a mark for the uh, Steiner music with the siren. Oh, yeah. Because you can't copyright a siren, so it's everywhere. Yeah. So, uh, any thoughts about that, Kevin? Like, specifically, other than just... It's really just that... Just that Steiner match. It was gassed. just... Yeah, Steiner got gassed. He could barely pick Triple H up to do a... Uh, what was it? Uh, the double underhook? Yeah, the yeah. double underhook. I was going to say double arm powerbomb, but I'm like, no, that's not the match. Um... Yeah, it was just it was just kind of like ah oh ah oh yeah. ah, and it was just like up down up down. It's like okay, like about halfway through the match, fifteen minutes, and it's like okay, this this isn't getting any better. I'm gonna go home, pal. Let's yeah. go home, pal. <laughs> and this this match was the most anticipated piss break we've had all year. Yeah, a nice Triple H blade job didn't even help that either. Right. So my number five, um, I'm not. I'm gonna bar Nate from talking about this right now. <laughs> I'm only oh, gonna, here we go. Well, no, because he'll, he'll be talking about it. Um, Mankind versus Undertaker, Hell in a Cell, King of the Ring, 1998. So I'm going to give my personal thoughts on this. I'm not going to let Nate talk about it right now. Can I just say one thing? Uh, look on Kev's face right now. I no, just, he's not I'm not unimpressed. I just want to hear your, your reason. So, one, the match completely fell apart. As, as far so as, did the cage. As far as, I know. <laughs> but my thought behind so why it was boy. such a bad match... Is that this influenced so many people, both inside and outside of wrestling, to do really stupid spots for attention? That, oh, I mean, I can understand that. It, it, Undertaker and Mankind can kind of sort of make it work because they're both all time greats. And I mean, no insult to either one of these two by putting it here. But that match was two high spots and a pinfall. That was essentially the match. It was the throw off the top, the choke slam, but that the was cage, planned. I don't think the choke slam through the cage. No, 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 no. But, I, I meant the, uh, the, the first Well, I know spot. it was planned, but I'm just saying, like, the, and, and then in between it was a lot of downtime. But now, why I dislike this match and why I think it's negative five stars is you go to these local indie feds or even some bigger name indie promotions, and they have these, you know, oh my gosh, death match! I'm going to staple your nuts with a staple gun and I'm going to smash you with a, a light tube and I'm going to throw you off the... 
a, a crane through a you know shark tank or something like that. Or oh, glass table. And yeah, fire and with I, I think and... a lot of that happened because these people were 12, 13-year-olds watching this match and going, oh my gosh, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. I want to do that. And how many backyard wrestlers took a bump off their freaking parents' house into a mattress, Mick Foley, um, but they did that because of stuff like this. Watching it, do, do not try this at home. This was the thing that they didn't want you to try at home. Have you guys ever seen the one video of this This one guy? He was in a gorilla suit, and he went to go do a uh, swanton bomb off of, a, off like, this shed, and he completely missed the guy on the table and just went splat onto the grass. That sounds For you guys watching, it is one of the greatest wrestling things you'll ever see. There's another one where a guy goes to do a Twisted Bliss and just racks his head off the table. Nice. And it is one of the most disgusting. You deserve it. It was... Um, Here's the thing. Makes you laugh. Makes you feel like you're not being a wrestler. As much as I dislike this match, I almost (laughs) subbed it out for the TLC match because F you Jeff Hardy, same concept. But that match was a little more put together. And I don't want to... Which TLC? I was thinking the TLC 2 when he did the ridiculous swanton bomb through... Oh, the one at uh, the, X7? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the one at WrestleMania, not the... Wait, was it the triple threat ladder match or was it the TLC? The ladder match was 2000. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it was built 17. It built okay, a, yeah, yeah. TLC 1 17 was, was uh, SummerSlam. Yeah. TLC 2. Yes. TLC 2. Because they had the Rhino and Spike Dudley. Yeah, the stup- stupid swanton threw like three tables on, uh, I think, Bubba. Bubba. Yeah. Ugh. No. Hate that. Jeff Hardy will have a mention on my list later. Spoiler alert. Um, number four, <laughs> Nate. Well, basically, I think you could put all women's wrestling in here at this time. But okay, at this time, I was going to say. At this time, of not this time, but at this yeah. time 20 years yes, ago. Yes, I got you. Basically, I'll just... I, I pulled a random one basically out of my hat. Though, whatever gravy bowl, some stupid pool match where oh, Cat went topless said Armageddon 99. Yeah. Just basically, why? That's just trash. I mean, 11-year-old me was like, yeah. you know, happy until, you know, Mae Young did the same thing at Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble. Those were prosthetics, by the way. That makes you feel better. Well, that was my first she boner. She did it like three times. But, yeah, no, the cat was my You're first saying, boner. You're saying, oh, man, I was so glad <laughs> <funny. laughs> no, he no. himself. May Young was. No, oh, May Young was like, my oh, last man. boner. <laughs> and that's why he's single to this day. Yeah. Uh, Call me, ladies. one 909 Must be pal. 50 years or older uh, to call. <laughs> but, yeah, that was, you know, the height of, you know, sexploitation of these That's women. attitude. Yeah. Yeah, because I think she won the belt from Harvey Whippleman or something. Har- Hervina Whippleman, actually. Hervina. Uh, but Yikes. Yeah. So, I mean... Yeah. Enough said. They, 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 Quite frankly, they didn't want to have women wrestling in a serious manner because if they did, it would have been Ivory, Jacqueline, Luna, um, Tori, not Wilson, just Tori. Like, they could all kind of go. China could have wrestled those women. Yeah. But, yeah, it was pretty obvious they didn't care about having serious. They just wanted something Vince could go, oh, yeah, and Jerry Lawler could pop for. Yeah. Puppies. Oh, I could not stand Jerry Lawler in that time. Yeah. Oh. Jerry Lawler from about late 98 through, say, I don't know, when he left in 2001 was just cringe. Yeah, because he was great up until then. I remember the they had this promo against Goldust right for the King Ring 97. Oh, man. Dress around like a flaming fat. I love that promo. No. I forgot to put that in my top five promos. because I. But By the way, good. not the first time he dropped that word in a promo. Jimmy Valiant. Yep. Yep. With uh, um, Honky when he was going to Wayne Ferris. Yeah. You got my cousin here painting his fingernails like a fag. Yeah. So. Back when that was accepted in wrestling and was in the world. Well, here's the thing. If you're a heel, you should be able to say something awful and offensive. As long as the baby face gets the comeuppance on it, it should be fine. Well, what, uh, what's... But... Uh, who was the thing that outed Jerry Law or something about the 12-year-old girl or something? Was that, oh, uh, yeah. I know uh, who you're talking uh, about. I think it was Terry Landell. No, it wasn't Landell. It was, uh, he uh, was feuding Dundee. With, yeah. I think it was Dundee. Was it, it was Bill Dundee? Dundee. Dundee was feuding with uh, Brian Christopher. 
Was it Bill Dundee? I don't think it was Dundee. Because whoever it was got I'm canned sure from Memphis and never went back. I forgot. I mean, we're going to have to look that up. I'll we're going off on a psychological tip. Kev, go to your number three. <laughs> four. Four. My number four is Hollywood Hulk Hogan versus the Ultimate Warrior. Halloween Havoc 1998. Good call. Good call. I went through a little bit of a phase where I went through like 98, 99, you know, Wolf. Wolfpack era, WCW, and I watched that. I watched about up until a little before the ret- uh, well debut slash return of the Ultimate Warrior in in WCW, and that match was had so much potential because after was it ninety six was uh, Triple H and War yeah Mania twelve yeah Mania twelve and the the five second squash match and I know I know damn well. I wasn't there personally, but I, I know that there were still a lot of warrior marks out there. Still a lot of warrior marks out there, out there now, and he's tragically passed. Yeah. And it's just, that match, it fell apart. It it just, for for one reason or another, whether it was the the paper, the... Oh, the flash paper? Yeah, the flash paper deal, which like six out of ten times works. Yeah. I've only seen it work like twice. Out of the whole, like, four or five times I've ever seen the Flash Paper spot. And, yeah. I guess that's why the Attitude Era started using flamethrowers and bazookas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Triple H. With Kane and yeah. all that. Yeah. I, was, I liked that. Yeah, it worked. And so... By the way, it was Doug Gilbert. Doug Gilbert, that's what it was. Okay, we got the D part right. Um, yeah, so... I want to pick up on this. That match... Is what happens when you give an insane person too much creative freedom. Right. <laughs> I say, for one reason or another, it just fell apart. Well, because Hogan, as much as I like Hogan, is not going to carry a match. And Warrior was absolutely insane. Warrior wanted... He basically wanted this as a vehicle to promote, you know, his distrucity and... The Warrior University. The Warrior or, cam- or the comics. Yeah. And, I mean... He was just, he was out there. Yeah. And I think it's amazing that now, since he died and came back, he's like this hero that never did anything wrong. And uh, his wife is sitting there making Pride Month posts. And yet, this is a guy. Queering don't make the world work. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I you got to remember that, yes, Warrior did entertain a lot of people, but at the same time, it's a very flawed individual. Yes. If you guys haven't seen it, watch this whole tyrant about a guy being gay. Yeah. Yes. I know. That's yes. That's what yeah. we're. Don't have to. an orgasm over me, buddy. Yeah. And yeah. So my number four. Yikes. Probably the most recent on anybody's lists because it happened about a month ago. The AEW Double or Nothing Casino Battle Royal. I'm sorry. This is the very first match that your promotion puts forth. I. Did not buy the pay-per-view because I actually wasn't home that night. However, if I had been sitting there watching this free match to attempt to entice me to buy your pay-per-view, I never would have done it. I would have turned it off and said, wow, this is a joke. Because this is a match that is supposedly a number one contender's match for your title. That features a guy putting baby oil on himself to escape a hold. Which, by the way, he applies the baby oil to his head to escape a waist lock. Great job. Um, another guy painted up like he's the sun, dressed up like he's going to a Slipknot concert. That's cool. Yeah. Um, another guy who's about four foot eight and 110 pounds that's given no explanation to was why he's even allowed into a wrestling ring. Cool. That's a thing that happened. A guy with no legs who is not, pass. once again, not explained why he's in the match, who he is, what his motivation are. Nothing. And then you had Orange Cassidy, who just shows up. He just shows up, not even in the match, to as far as we know. And the announcers don't tell us who he is, why he's here, why does he act the way he does. He just starts very lightly kicking Tommy Dreamer, and then he's thrown over the top rope. We don't know who he is, and we don't know why he's here. Exactly. And I and, and a lot of this, less. And a lot of this is on the B-team commentators that they had, which were awful. I'm sorry, I know this is a pre-show, but you should pay Jim Ross extra money to have him do the pre-show. Because you know what he would have done? He would have put over every single one of these guys, told us who they were, why they were here, what they were doing. And he would have said about 15 times during the match, 
And make sure if you like the inject, uh, you enjoy the action that you're seeing right now, buy the pay-per-view, which they never said during this entire match. Make sure to catch our pay-per-view. And if they would have had Jim Ross out there, somebody may be clicking through. Hey, Jim Ross! Yeah, I hear Jim Ross. I want and to see you, more. You know what? And if you're just a casual person, you're going to recognize what? Three people in that match. Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn. Glacier. Glacier Tommy, Tommy Dreamer. Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. That's not going to entice me to buy and if, a pay-per-view. And if you're at least somewhat aware of wrestling, you'll probably know who MJF is, and you'll probably know who Adam Page is. That's it. And Yeah. Yeah, and, you and then you had Brian was. Pillman Jr. looking like Ricky Morton. Yeah, his hair was bad. Uh, I love Pillman Jr. But, though. He's but so he is good. good. But MJF. MJF is the only guy in that match that got over based on what he did in that match. He better be the breakout. I think he he's going to be the breakout. I think he's the breakout star of wrestling. Period. Oh, Whether it's AEW or not, I think he is going to be the next he's got big his... mega heel. It'll be interesting to see if down the line if he can do anything as a babyface. I get the feeling he probably would be fine with it. But that was the one little redeeming factor is that MJF was great. But the match was not. And I'm just saying, if I were watching this match, as a fan who's sick of the WWE and wanted to see something different, I'd be like, how is this any different from the stupid Vince jokes? Yeah, it was like, why was there a random table there that was just set up Yeah, for a Luchasaurus chokeslam spot? Yeah. And why was somebody stapling a cigarette to someone's forehead? That's stupid. And you're stupid if you let That's someone... That's not wrestling. If you let And someone, he was a face! Yeah. And if there's something that... If, if you are a, fan, uh, a wrestler and you let someone staple gun your face, you're an idiot. Find something else to do with your life. I'm guessing I know what match you just watched. You're number five. Yeah. And see, that's the thing. All these guys that were, you know, kids watching that Mankind Undertaker match grew up and went, Oh, I can do that. Or or even some ECW stuff. We'll get to that, too. Yeah. Uh, number three. Go ahead. Number three for me. How about a little... Uh, it's not just this match. It's basically the whole tournament. The uh, reverse battle royal fight for your right to party, blah, blah, blah. Why do you have 16 guys fighting to get into the ring? Just and, to throw them out. And how did anyone think that that would be entertaining to watch? What? TNA! 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 That's the kind of crap I think of when I think of TNA. Yeah, and then... Blah, blah, blah. You had eight guys. It's like, why were they seated? And the worst thing is you actually had a lot of talent in that match. Yeah, let's see. Uh, the eight guys... I mean, Well, Keish was in it, whatever. Yeah, the Machine Guns. Yep. Eric Young. James Storm. Is Bobby Roode in that? I think Roode was in that. Uh, Kaz, uh, Kaz, I think, was too, and I forgot the eight. I mean... There was a lot of talent in that match. I mean, there was a lot of talent in TNA back then. Yeah. They just didn't know what to do with any of them. Oh, I think the other one was like Lance Hoyt or something. Yeah. If you weren't if you weren't at least 45 and did not have a mid-card or higher run in WWE, you did not get a push. <laughs> yep. I heard about that a lot at Christmas, possibly. <laughs> heard about that from your good friend Bully Ray? Yeah. <laughs> okay. my, no, my pal Velvel. Yeah. Oh... <laughs> uh, yeah, and then she's good friends with Bully right now. Yeah, and then you get through to the tournament. One, so you had Chris Sabin versus Alex Shelley. Why? Yeah, just because. Because you had 3D jump him. Yeah, and the guy that won this entire tournament was Christian. Guess who wasn't in the match? Christian. Guess who didn't need that in order to get the title shot? Christian. Yeah. Awesome. Though I will say, I, though I, the Christian and Kaz matches were. Pretty damn I also matches. I love the Christian Coalition with uh, AJ and Tomko. They had hey, some great. Tomko was getting pretty good there for a little while. AJ Tomko was a fun dad. He was dude. the perfect enforcer. Yeah. And and AJ was that goofy like confused heel. I really like that. Yeah. AJ Tomko, that was a fun tag team actually. Yeah, yeah I like that whole run with that group. But this isn't about good shit. This is about such good bad shit, shit pal. This is about such good shit. Pal. Yeah. And then can't forget about. You know, Keish burying Rude. Rick Rude, Robert Rude in this right fight. I don't know, whatever it's jabroni crap I don't is. know. Yeah, and then... Oh, I'm going over, and then I'm leaving the company. Yeah, exactly. Fuck you. Alright, Kevin, number three. Let's get away from Reverse Battle Royal. It's making me sick. For Great, my number, number three... three. <laughs> yeah. For my number three, I actually am going to keep it TNA with Sting and Jeff Hardy. Oh, yeah. I don't even have to explain to tell you why it was minus five stars. 
You right. should have known not to go on, but you did. I understand, yet I don't at the same time. Mike, you're number three. Yep. Uh, this is not ECW, though basically ECW. This is XPW. Oh, oh boy, this is going. New Jack versus Vic Grimes <laughs> in a scaffold match. Oh, you want to talk about murder. stupid people doing stupid things to other stupid people? You better be careful. New Jack might find you. He's probably um, New Jack. New Jack. New Day. To, <laughs> New Jack trying to drive around in this white neighborhood. He would get pulled over in about ten seconds. Uh, we are basically in Canada because America is racist. Um, I'm sorry because uh, we're basically Canadian. Yeah, essentially. But um, this this match was awful. Um, and it really wasn't a match. It was an attempted murder. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it really was. Um, for, for those not familiar, look it up. But essentially, New Jack takes Vic Grimes from a scaffold, throws him through about 15 tables. Well, attempted to throw him Well, he's supposed to throw him through the tables into the ring. He They kind of grazed the tables and almost landed exactly on the ring post. Um, thankfully, just barely missed the ring post and hit yeah. the ring ropes. But um, still great. Still, still very injured, but could have been killed. Yeah. Um, this is the follow-up to their other classic of they were wrestling on top of something and were supposed to take a table spot, and they both landed flat on the concrete. So no, Vic Grimes landed on New Jack's head. On the concrete. On the concrete. It is yes. a dis- They missed the table spot. Yeah, they missed the table, and it is a and, very disgusting And New Jack had vision loss, and he had some of his brain matter leaking out through his nose. Yeah. EC-dub. Easy dub, easy dub. And not to mention New Jack in mass transit. New Jack is just, um... Yeah. Who was the one that... uh, New Jack versus Ultimate Warrior, 60-minute Iron Man match. Let's go. Who was was the one that New Jack faced with the, uh... I don't care if this motherfucker dies. Vic Grimes. No, not, not Vic Grimes. No, it was a. He almost... It was an old dude. Oh, Gypsy Joe. Gypsy Joe, that's him. Yes. That's who. Gypsy Joe. Yeah, he's trying to that pull the uh, Rocky Four. Yeah. If he dies, he dies. Ugh. Anyway, move on. Next. Gonna, we'll move on to some uh, to a handicap match. An eight on two handicap match. Oh, boy. The Doomsday Cage. Uncensored 96. Oh, see, I, think, I thought you were going Raw, Randy Orton and John Cena versus, versus the entire oh, roster. Say, yeah. <laughs> no, Hogan and Savage versus... The entire roster. <laughs> the entire Raw roster. The entire heel locker room. <laughs> and face. Were there, were there baby faces on Probably. I thought they were all... It was just basically all the heels. Anyways. Yeah. So, yeah, from Uncensored 96, you had Flair, Arn, Sullivan, Luger... Ming, Barbarian, Jeep Swenson, and Tiny Lister. Yeah. Versus Hogan and Savage. Zeus, or I think they called him Z-Man. Z-Gangsta. Z-Gangsta. And not the... Alt, not the... Not Tom Zage. <laughs> and uh, whatever... I forgot which one that they didn't call him because that was Hitler's name. The oh, ultimate, the final solution. Yeah. yeah. No. Ooh. Bad call. Yes, that was Hitler's And for those that don't know, he was Bane, correct? Essentially. If you don't know who Jeep Swenson is, he was Bane yeah. in one of the Batman movies. Didn't, it wasn't Loch Ness in this match, or am I getting confused? No, he was. He wrestled the giant. Oh, great. That was probably a classic, too. Oh, yeah. Well, giant took a sweet bump yeah. on accident. He did the slaughter turbuckle bump. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyways. Here's so, the thing. Cut out all the gimmicks. Cut out all the stupid stuff. Macho Man and Hogan. Arn and Flair. Great match. There you go. That would have been a great match. Just yeah. that, right there. Yeah. Yeah. Or even, even against Ming and Barbarian, that still would have been alright. Th- what I heard originally on that card, that it was either supposed to be that. Pillman and Savage or Benoit and Savage before Pillman basically yeah. screwed over Bischoff. Okay. Not the first time or last time somebody did that. Yeah. Right. Which... Any of those two versus Savage, fun. Yeah. That would have been awesome. Pillman Savage, especially when Savage was still that mobile like that, that would have been good. Or Benoit Savage, that would have been fun, too. Who's that? Oh, uh, Stevie Richards, my bad. Oh. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. A, a young Stevie Richards coming into the business. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, you, so you got this 8-on-2. Triple-layer cage, too. Yeah. So they had to work, it, essentially they had to escape the cage, if I remember correctly. So they yeah. had the convoluted rule set. Yeah. And the two best workers in the match aren't even the ones in the ring. Those are the very first ones. Yeah. Because... In the mini cage. Yeah. Where they can't move. Yeah. 
So, you know, you have Flair and Iron not taking bumps. And then you have Ming and Barbarian taking bumps. You could have you could have had, you know, Z Gangsta in that, you know, limited environment because he already couldn't take a bump anyway, so who cares if he can't move? Yeah. And guess who takes the pin? Flair. There's a pin? I yeah. thought they had to escape. No, Savage Pin Flair. Oh, sweet. After Luger hit him with a loaded the coal miner's glove oh, and yeah. B- yeah. Big Brother Booty Beefcake came out with a frying oh, pan. The booty man. And I think I really think that was Hogan's just about last show before NWO. Because I don't remember seeing him because Flair was a world yeah. champ too. Yeah, he was. Because then he lost it to the Giant. Yep. Yeah, I don't think Hogan did come back after that before at the NWO. Like he, he might have been on a nitro or two. I think he was shooting like Santa with muscles or something. Or Thunder of Paradise. Thunder of Paradise. Or High Noon at Mega Mountain or something. Well, Thunder of Paradise, I thought that was... Uh, that was probably done by then. That yeah, was Thunder of Paradise was when it he might was have been signed by WCW. Yeah. It might have been Santa with muscles or the High Noon at Mega Mountain. Yeah, or whatever the what the the one where he uh, was the babysitter. Mr. Nanny or something. That was Mr. Nanny. Mr. Nanny. Yeah, ugh. I think he was shooting the bad Hogan. The bad Hogan movies. Well, basically, you can take a dump on that hole on Censor 96 except for Conan Eddie. The rest of that show is just you at capital you want, T rash. Do you want you want a half hour of uh, the Nasty Boys? <laughs> no, no, you got it. Said no one ever. You got it. <laughs> you know that that new meme. Or was know, it the Nasty Boys? Absolutely. No, no, it wasn't the Nasty Boys. It was a half hour of the Road Warriors. Well, it's just a bad versus uh, Sting and Booker T. This is what you do. This is what you do. The new memes. No one. Absolutely no one in the history of the world. WCW 1996. 30 minutes of the Nasty Boys. Yeah. Or 30 minutes of the Road Warriors, even. 30 minutes of the Road Warriors in 1996, too. Not even, like, 1987. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure in the 80s they never wrestled for a total of 30 minutes. Oh, War Games. As part of a larger match. And usually yeah. those are the last two guys on the babyface yeah. seat. All right. That, 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 Number two. Oh, we got on a tangent. Yeah. I saw Cap, I saw Cap for, give us a time countdown. For my number two, I have the... Miss WrestleMania Battle Royal, WrestleMania 25. That wasn't even won by a diva. It was won by a man. Well, arguably a man, first of all, because it's Santino. Right. Not really a man. We'll ask Jim Cornette about that. Actually, we can ask Maynard. He was there for the second incident. Ugh. Yeah. Yikes. That is all I got to say about that. Santina Morella. That was such a joke. And by the way, what if that's how you got to get over, something is wrong with your gimmick. And, and just the fact that they kind of they brought back some women that had been gone for a while. They made this into a kind of a big deal. Yeah. And just bury it. I'm sorry, that's stupid. All right, my number 2, the most powerful maneuver in the history of wrestling. Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash. January 4th, oh. 1999. Hogan hits him with the finger poke Hogan of doom. Um, here's the thing. Kevin Nash took the best bump he ever took in his career he, right there. That was a great bump by Kevin Nash. Um, but, you, Kev. here's the thing. Three, one, three, four, one. The actual match, the, the segment itself wasn't bad. What's bad about it is that this essentially was the end. Of WCW, we didn't know it at the time, but it was the end of WCW. They would never recover from this. Um, That whole show, because that same show was the uh, Shivani butt in the seats, I believe. Yes, it was. Where they said that um, Mick Foley, who wrestled here as Cactus Jack, is going to win their title in the main event. So that'll put butts in seats. Yeah, that'll put butts in seats. Damn right, it will. And the second that Tony Shivani said that, six hundred thousand people changed the channel. From Nitro to Raw. The best part is... to watch the babyface overcome the odds and win the title. And that was a pre-tape Raw. Yes, it was a pre-tape Raw, which is how they knew that. But that right there was the end of WCW. They would never seriously challenge WWF for ratings ever again after that. Um, You could literally see time change as you change the channel for the wrestling industry. And the thing is... The, the the whole idea wasn't necessarily terrible, but here's here's where they did it wrong. Is they already had screwed Goldberg out of the title at 98, right. Starcade, which was the previous eight days ago, I think. Uh, then 
Nash doesn't even keep the title, so he can't do a return favor for Goldberg. The whole idea that they were saying is that they wanted to build up a strong NWO for Goldberg to rip through. Thing is, you should have done that before he won the title the first time, rather than trying to rebuild it afterwards. He ripped through the black and white that summer, which, I mean, your best guy was what? The giant Kurt Hennig? Yeah. It was not... It was not a unified NWO. But the thing is... You did that paired with the the stunt with Foley, and that killed him. I mean, so so when you look at, to me, what a minus five-star match is, is something that really can harm a promotion or harm the wrestling industry. That did it. That's that just was about, yeah. that's number two with the bullet. Yeah. And that's why uh, Vince McMahon has been able to do the Vince McMahon garbage that he's been able to do for the past 20 years, because he hasn't had a serious competitor. Honestly. Hey, number... One. King of the Ring 98. Hell in a Cell. Pure, unadulterated. Has anybody even watched that match except for those two spots? Because I, I know I haven't. I went and rewatched it recently, which is why it's on my list. And I had forgotten just how ugh, it was. I mean, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt because Foley was basically... And Foley destroyed his body in that match. By yeah. the way, this probably took five years off his career. And life. And life. Yeah. I was going to say 10. Damn. Because, I mean... <laughs> 5 plus 5 equals 10. Right, spells yeah. disaster for you at sacrifice. Spell, spell disaster for Mick Foley at King of the Ring 98. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One. Okay, yeah, you're going to start with that brawl on the top. Throw him off the cake. You're not going to... You're not going to top that. That is your highest point. End it. That should have been the end of the match. Yeah, end it at the highest point. Two. Should've Taker been, was hurt, so he shouldn't even have been wrestling. It should have been ankle. false count anywhere. He throws him off. They do the whole thing. And then... He climbs on the cage, pins him. There's your match. Three, I don't even think that was the second ever Hell in a Cell because I think Foley just did one with his tag team partner right around that time, too, on a random Raw. He yep. had the Hell in a Cell, you know, yes. Kane Taker or Kane yep. Mankind. It's like, yep, Kane Mankind, Stone Cold, and The Undertaker. Yep. Yep. And then, you know, why are you doing that? Yep. I know, I remember because I was re watching 1998, and I was like, I don't remember this match. Because they did a good job to bury that match. Yeah, because it was pointless. It's a stipulation to have a stipulation. Bro, this didn't need to have... Bro, we need to hound a cell on Raw, bro. Bro, bro. Unadvertised, bro. Yeah. And it's just basically that started garbage wrestling, which still exists to this day. All the, like, it brought like what garbage you're... wrestling to a mainstream audience. Yeah. Because yeah. it was around. It just was not mainstream. Yeah. Not count. Not, not ECW. Uh, I was about to say it was in the Hammerstein Ballroom, not public. <laughs> no, no, no. Not ECW because they had the Lucha Libre and the Technical Classics as well. Yeah, but they also had garbage wrestling. <laughs> yeah. But they, they brought just pure backyard garbage wrestling of, oh my, this got over. Listen to this crowd in Pittsburgh? I don't remember. I think it was in Pittsburgh. Listen to this crowd just pop for somebody basically getting murdered on live pay-per-view. We must top that. So let's do a 6.30 untrained elbow drop off of my mom's chimney and land throat first on a trampoline barbed wire rope yep. for two count in a backyard fed that your mom's watching. And then... Yeah. A no-sell. And then... Fuck all of you. Before there was even YouTube to share it for people. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's VHS, bro. Yeah. Kev. VHS? Kev. Oh, yeah. Tell. <laughs> well, for my number one... I have Brock Lesnar Goldberg WrestleMania 20. I had that originally good on call, my list. Good call. It's actually scribbled out right here. If you couldn't see, I have these giant. I was wondering what was scribbled out. I was curious. Goldberg Lesnar. What <laughs> bad timing for everybody. Stone yes. Cold couldn't even. Well, I think Stone Cold saved it in a Stone Cold sign. He sold. The, he saved the segment, not the match. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah, yeah. that's. Boy, what could have been, but like I said, bad We found timing. out what could have been. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> yeah. What could have been was well, awesome. Yeah, we, had, we actually, this is one of those few instances where we actually find out what really could have been. And what could have been was great. Yeah. Yeah. It was the best probably six minute match in the history of wrestling. It's, it, was, it was great. But it was, uh, boy, what a, I mean, I think WrestleMania 20 was a great show. Uh, it was a good show. Yeah. It was yeah. a great show. No, there's there's some good stuff. Wasn't the best, but it was. I, I think it was solid. Really, yeah, it had the the problem of being sandwiched in between nineteen and twenty one, which I think were 
better shows. Yeah. 19, I think, is the most underrated. 19 is my favorite WrestleMania. 19 is a great mania. It is. But, yeah, this match, I mean, the, the biggest issue is that everybody knew Goldberg was done because he only had a one-year deal. But then before that match, the whole Lesnar thing leaked. And so the fans knew both guys weren't going to be there, and they rejected it. And then both guys said, well, you guys want to be assholes to us? We'll be assholes to you and give you a crappy match. Because they were in New York City. That's like the home of Smartdom. Yeah. They knew. So that didn't help. Yeah, that's and even if only 10% of the fans knew walking into the building, they told everybody next to them. So everybody knew by the time that match went out there. And yeah, I think that really did kind of hurt the, the Fed because that was one of their marquee matches at WrestleMania, and it was a total dud. And they, on top of that, lose the guy that they'd essentially just spent the last two years building out as the face of the company. I mean... SmackDown in 2003 was called Here Comes the Pain for Brock Lesnar. Right. You know, it wasn't called You Can't See Me. It or wasn't, Who's Next. You know, yeah. It wasn't called Lie, Cheat, and Steal. The Game or whatever. I don't know. It wasn't SmackDown, Lie, Cheat, and Steal or yeah. SmackDown, Team yeah. Angle. I mean, or... it wasn't like... <laughs> people forget, Batista essentially was... the He was there because Brock left. That's why he became what he became. Batista was probably likely going to be a throwaway mid-carder, if not for that. You know, and a year later he was in the main event of WrestleMania. In a fairly entertaining match. Well, it was a great story that they told, but oh, yeah, I, I think, that, I think story. that story was originally going to be Orton Triple H, but then they realized they needed another Brock Lesnar, so it became Batista Triple H. I think he filled the position all right. Yeah, yeah. he did. But I'm just saying... I did enjoy me some Batista stuff. But imagine... If for those say you know 2003 2008 you actually have Lesnar, so yeah. What do you got, Mike? Number one, Sting, Jeff Hardy, Victory, Victory Road, Road, 2011. But here's the thing: I want to look at this from a slightly different angle than you did. Go ahead. Um, one, I think this was the essentially the end of TNA. Yeah. To me, I think everybody kind of tuned out after this. It was like. This, this was a joke promotion. The fact that they allowed this to go on, allowed this unprofessional garbage to go on as the main event of your pay-per-view, of one of your marquee pay-per-views, too. Yeah. And, Victory Road was their very first one. Yeah. And so, to me, th- th- how can you even let this guy go out there? One, Sting was the champion, so if you could, you could replace Hardy. You really could have. We talked about this before. You know, we, Nate and I actually came up. He had one idea. I had another. Go ahead. Tell him what your idea was, and I'll tell you. Tell him what my like idea. The, I think the semi-main of that show was RVD and Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. For, uh, Anderson. Yeah. For uh, I was trying to do the mic gimmick, but yeah. I. Anderson. Anderson. Anyway, they had a number one contenders match, like the semi-main, and it went to a double countout. Don't have that match, you run a three-way. Or, you run a four-way, jump Jeff Hardy, he's out on a stretcher. Or, the winner of RBD Anderson faces Sting that yep. night. That's what I was thinking, is if you realize he's in that bad of shape and he's not going to be able to wrestle, that's a number one contenders match, have it go to a decisive finish, winner of that match faces Sting right then and there, there's your main event. That's how you recover from it. And if you want to write off Hardy instead of saying, oh, sorry, he's a stupid ass who got really high and can't wrestle, you just... Literally, tell him lay down face down on the pavement somewhere, and you just take the camera. Oh my gosh, somebody has laid out Jeff Hardy. Boom, there you go. You just wrote him out of the match, right? Instead of having that embarrassment on your show. Honestly, it would probably have been Jeff Hardy laying himself out at that time if he wasn't already. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Hardy lost the uh, match to a bottle of pills. So, um. Uh, yeah, I, any honorable mentions? Anything we want to throw in there that... Punjabi prison matches. <laughs> oh, good call, good call. All of them, good Christ. Um, Concrete Crip match. Stupid gimmicks. Judy yep. Bagwell on a pole match. Oh, uh, yeah. Anything on a pole match. Anything on a pole match. Um, Russo, infer- just All the Inferno matches. I thought yeah. that was such a stupid gimmick. Uh, Morgan, 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 uh, the match where Russo won the world title. Oh, jeez. Yeah. David Arquette, when he won with 
help was it Dallas Page to help? Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett. Um, I'll, I'll give I'll give Arquette the benefit of the doubt because he donated all his money to the families of Owen and Pilman. Yeah. And then I, Arquette I, David didn't Arquette, do the it. person's fine. It's David Arquette, the WCW champion. That's not fine. Shut up. I'm going to throw one out there. Triple H, Roman Reigns, WrestleMania main Ooh. event. That was wow. garbage. And especially after a seven-hour-long pay-per-view just to get fed that. I think that cost a lot of goodwill with the fans. Because, I'm sorry, no one wanted to see Roman in that spot. No one wanted to see Triple H in that spot. And the only reason Triple H was in that spot is they thought that was the only guy capable of still getting a heel reaction against Roman. Surprise, surprise, Triple H got the babyface reaction still. So, yeah. Another minus five-star, Triple H. Batista, WrestleMania. Yeah, I'd say the number, but I don't remember the last one we just had because they don't do <laughs> Roman numerals anymore. And I lost count at WrestleMania 32. I think it's five, five, six, seven, eight. I don't know. You guys know exactly. I don't the know. Nose ring, exactly the nose ring spot. Yeah. You got any more, gentlemen? Um, any talking segment with Ronda Rousey? Okay. Any anything that did not involve the Warlord because the Warlord is automatic. Yeah. Five stars. Oh, anyone who tries to pin Ronda Rousey, it's a negative five star pin because lizards don't have shoulders. And she's a lizard person. <laughs> I'm not letting any of you people forget that, by the way. I did forget that. Because if she comes back in like a year and a half after she spits out some ugly baby, I do not want to see you people cheering for her. You know what she's coming back as? Super Dragon. She's going to come back as the Spider Lady at WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Five Wise Marks. Catch us on YouTube, Anchor, SoundCloud, all... Facebook, yeah. we got a Facebook, find us, Five yep. Wise Marks. Maybe in the future, give us some ideas for a top five, we might play into it. Tell your friends, tell your parents. 1-900-909-9900. That will be it for this podcast, gentlemen. Nate, send us out. See ya. Peace out.